0: I kinda of feel like I'm echoing. I've moved my setup into a a back room that I'm furnishing. There's a so if you're ever in the Roto lounge, I have a whiskey bar and then I have these shelves that look like shelves, but when you push them open, it's actually a room behind it. And then that leads into another room, which is like just like surrounded by brick walls. And I'm going to build a hidden entrance and move all of my podcasting gear and YouTube gear into this room and design it the way I want that's kind of ideal for podcasting and YouTube. So it sounds like I'm echoing. I don't know what I'm going to sound like when I edit this, but if I do sound different, just bear with me. I got a, a recliner that I'm sitting in. I'm actually recording this Monday night because I know I won't be up and there's been so much news since the last time we talked. I want to talk about the news and let's get a drink first and then we'll talk about the news. All right, well I'm uh, drinking on beer tonight actually. I had uh, two pours of E.H. Taylor earlier. Now I'm just sipping on a Dos Equis Amber Especial. This is a good beer. This is a, I love Amber beers too. Well, I got some uh, insight that, not insight. I got some input that I don't. I shouldn't talk about Devi as much, and I don't know. if This is what uh, consensus is out there, but. Probably just staying to the NFL and bourbon is probably best because I don't know how much time I'm going to be able to spend on Debbie, so I don't want to allocate all this time to it. But if something big hits in the Debbie, we will talk about it. So we're going to eliminate the Debbie. We're just going to talk about NFL news. We're going to talk about bourbon news, and I'm going to get you out of here. Get on with your day. First news that we missed, Cam Akers. Our boy Cam Akers. Tore his Achilles. Like, literally, my heart broke. Man, I, this this kid, the sky was the limit for this kid. I mean, I saw what he did in high school. I saw what he did at a piss-poor Florida State team. I knew he was going to be a star in the NFL. I did question, if you do listen to most of my stuff, I did question his injury history. I was worried he had a few injuries last year. Not saying that it's correlated, but... When someone has that many injuries, in the back of your mind, you just have that feeling that maybe they're going to get injured again, and little did we know he was going to get injured again, and it's an Achilles, and I'm sure you've heard all the news outlets and everyone talking about how does an Achilles injury affect somebody. We haven't seen a running back as good as Cam Akers get injured, Here's the bottom line. This is my opinion. I'm no doctor. I only pretend to be one in the lounge when I'm drinking on Dos Equis. When you tear your achilles as a running back, I do not think that you will ever be the same player. And people want to talk about modern medicine and there's a lot of stuff about modern medicine on how quickly we heal, uh, how we rehab differently, um, how we deal with pain differently. Of course, everything changes with technology, but it doesn't change the fact that this motherfucker's tendon ripped off of his heel and his calf muscle. That's what keeps your feet straight. Alright, there's movies, they have what, like horror movies where. People get their Achilles slit so they can't walk and they're like pulling themselves down the hallway because they can't use their legs. They can't put any weight because the Achilles was ruptured. That is not a knee ligament. That is your fucking foot. Okay, you can't hide pain in your foot. In your knee, you can you could limp or you could walk slowly. All the pressure is going on your feet, not your knee. Then when you hurt your knee, or you hurt your foot, come on now, come on now, it's it's not even the same. Dude's going to have pain all the time on his foot, and when you don't have that push off from your heel and your calf, you lose explosiveness. So I think Cam will come back and probably be like an average player. If he comes back, of course he's going to attempt to come back. He just turned 22 years old. I wish him nothing but the best. He's going to give it everything he has. We will see. How medicine has progressed and if this injury is going to be something that we soon really take for granted. Just like the ACLs now, before ACLs were a career ender, now it's like you're out for eight months and then you're back. Will the Achilles translate to the same type of injury? Watch Marlon Mack this year. Marlon Mack had an Achilles tear last year. I think he's 23 or 24 I think or 25. I think he's still relatively young. I don't think he's going to be a starter, but let's see if he even plays. Let's see if he can take the beating of the NFL. Let's see if how painful his feet are after the games. Let's, let's just see, because some of these players are explosive, but rep over rep and practice over practice and play over play, it eventually catches up to them. So as much as I love Cam Akers, I would not sell him low, but I would sell him to someone who thinks they're getting a great deal by overpaying, but not necessarily overpaying for Cam. Like, I would deal him for the right pieces to build my team. Like, I was talking to someone on Twitter today, and we were talking about obtaining Hawkinson because Hawkinson was one of the only players that they need to really complete their core team, and he was considering moving acres for Hawkinson. And I said, if we did that, we're going to have to get something in return. Maybe we get Hawkinson in a second. Maybe we get Hawkinson in another player. But I would definitely move Akers if it's for a young player that's going to potentially help us three, four, five years down the line. There's no one on your team that's untradeable. So, yes, just because he had an injury, he does lose value. But there are people out there that don't think he's lost value, that think they're getting a good deal because, let's just say, hypothetically, before the injury, he was going for the 1-2, But now, if I give you the 1.5, I think it's a good deal. And and the 1.5 is a really good deal, right? So, find the owner that thinks he's underpaying, but actually paying value. Don't sell it to the guy who's going to give you rock-bottom prices. Hold him and see what happens. And on the flip side, Darrell Henderson's in. I don't believe in Darrell Henderson. We've talked about this before. Sean McBabe wants a play-action pass. I don't think it's Darrow Henderson. I don't think it's any of these other rookies that you hear people talking about Funk and the other kid, Xavier and something, Xavier Jones or something. Come on now. We don't just plug people to plug people. Either you're good or you're not good. Okay? Not some unrestricted free agents, you know. Occasionally they hit, but no. Don't just think because Cam Akers went down, all these players are gonna be relevant. They're still gonna suck. They're still gonna suck. They're still going to be on the practice squad. They're still not even going to be active on game day. The Rams will figure something out as far as a running back. I'm sure that they're waiting on a veteran to get cut. They don't want to trade for anybody, but they could probably restructure, bring in a, a, a veteran that gets cut. I, I talk about Mark Ingram and in Houston. I just don't think Houston needs all the running backs they have. They have David Johnson. They have Mark Ingram. They have Phillip Lindsay. Um... I don't know if Duke Johnson's still there. They have a lot of running backs that they can get rid of. So keep your eye on some of these teams that might release a veteran. And the Rams might pick them up, especially if it's a player that can do play action. If it is a player that's like a, a three-down back, play action, can catch, can run, we want to target them late in our seasonal drafts for this season. All right, enough about the Rams. Last thing about the Rams. Bet on the passing game this year invest in the passing game this year we'll talk about that in future episodes next news is Michael Thomas has to have surgery on his ankle he's going to be out several weeks I think what what did they say the uh the uh, timeline for his injury I believe it was like I don't know what they said six weeks or, or or three months or what it was but you do the math, and it's like he's not coming back till you know, like, November or some some shit. Like, what the hell is this guy thinking? Apparently, he had surgery. He was supposed to follow up with the doctor. And the doctor was gonna tell him where to go from there. This was back in like June. Well, they said he never went to the doctor for the follow-up. He probably fucked his ankle up doing something, and he didn't want to show the doctor. Was hoping that it healed. Then. He was probably trying to... Actually, I shouldn't talk bad about him. He, should, he was probably trying to train and get ready for the season because he is a team player. He came back last year with injury. So I take that back. I give him all the respect. He probably was trying to train. Fucked his ankle up. Wasn't supposed to be doing it. Didn't want to go back to the doctor. Now he's got to have surgery. Now he's going to be out for several months. He's about to be, what, like 28 and a half? Halfway to 29. I'm sorry, fam. It might be in the road for Michael Thomas, especially if Taysom Hill starts this year. Michael Thomas will come back and get 75 yards a game. Right? People are hanging on to this Jameis Winston starting. No. No. The Saints have no wide receivers. They have our boy Marquez Callaway, Deontay Harris, Traquan Smith, everybody's favorite sleeper tight end, Adam Troutman. Sean Payton is going to let Taysom Hill run this offense. They need to be able to do the RPO, let the quarterback run, let the quarterback throw it. This is going to be more of a 2020 Baltimore Ravens offense. They'll find a guy that can burn deep, that can go deep like e- uh, Hollywood Brown. They'll let Taysom Hill do the play action, the RPO like Lamar Jackson did. They'll throw it to the running back out of the backfield like J.K. Dobbins. They'll let Kamara do his thing. Taysom Hill's going to be the starter in New Orleans. And last year when he started, he averaged around 20 fantasy points a game. So while I know it's not exciting... It's not the electric Pat Mahomes or Dak Prescott or Russell Wilson or Josh Allen. It's none of that exciting league winning 40, 50 point games. It's none of that. What it is is it's a player you basically draft at the end of your draft. Plug him in for 20 something points a week and plan on hitting your other picks to help you Win on positional difference. You hear me? This is how you win your fantasy drafts. You take the players that nobody wants that has the opportunity to be successful. And Scott Fishbowl, late I took Taysom Hill, and I took Jimmy Garoppolo. And today, my uh, Kyle Shanahan came out. And said, Jimmy Garoppolo is our starting quarterback. Trey Lance is competing for quarterback two. And I know Trey Lance isn't signed yet. But I've said this before. In my opinion, Jimmy Garoppolo gives the 49ers the best chance to win a Super Bowl in 2021. San Francisco is ready to win a Super Bowl. They got George Kittle healthy, Debo Samuel healthy, the emergence of Brandon Ayuk, Raheem Mostert, Trey Sermon, and Jimmy G at quarterback. Now, I know Jimmy G had the opportunity, overthrew a pass in the Super Bowl, but the fact is Jimmy Garoppolo led that team to a Super Bowl. If Jimmy Garoppolo didn't get banged up and miss some seasons, and when he was finally healthy, he overthrew, and people just find a reason to hate on Jimmy G because they thought he was going to be Tom Brady. Everybody thought this guy was going to be Tom Brady, and when he wasn't Tom Brady, they hate him. Look, Jimmy G's not the best quarterback in the NFL, but he sure as hell ain't the worst. There's a reason he got a hundred-something million dollars because he was, what, 10-1 with the 49ers? 10-1 Ten and one as his first eleven games or some crazy shit like that, dude just didn't all of a sudden get soft, get sorry. He had an ACL tear. Last year was was it last year he played half a season, so like a year and a half recovery. Now he's two years recovered from his ACL. Trey Lance is like twenty two years old, twenty one years old. This kid has got a lot to learn. He played basically one year of college football. I mean, we don't even know if Trey Lance is going to be a success story. Trey Lance could be a freaking bust. And everybody's anointing him day one starter for the 49ers. Like, people just get so ahead of themselves because they want to see this rookie fever, so excited. Dude hasn't even signed a contract. And they're already anointing him the next Joe Montana. Like, come on. Give me a break. Jimmy G, another great value late in drafts, just like Taysom Hill. What about Aaron Rodgers? What about Aaron Rodgers coming back to Green Bay? I'll tell you, I was like 50-50. I didn't know if he was going to come back, if he was going to hold out, if he was going to retire for a season. I mean, that would have been fun. But... He's actually doing it the better way. So what I thought he was going to do is I thought he was going to sit out this year. Hopefully they fight the GM. Then he was going to come back and try to lead Green Bay to a championship. Well, apparently he hates Green Bay so much. He's so stubborn that he wants to win a championship and have Green Bay watch it. He doesn't even want to win a title for Green Bay anymore. He wants Green Bay to watch him win a title and say, Look, motherfuckers, if you would have just taken care of me, we could have had a couple of these, but instead, you guys got to watch me win a title. And the reason I say that is because Schefter reported that Aaron Rodgers agreed to come back if the Packers restructured his deal to a one-year contract, kind of like Brady did New England his last season. Pay me X amount of money, and next year I can decide what I want to do, whether I want to come back and play for you, or if I want to go to another team and lead them to a title. And a hot take for all of you right now, I'm going to tell you, and I think I said this, I'm going to get on my Twitter timeline and see if I can find this out. Tom Brady plays one more season with the Bucks, and then he retires. Aaron Rodgers comes to the Bucks and joins Evans and Godwin and all these other players. O.J. Howard is going to replace Gronk and the coaching staff, and Aaron Rodgers just takes the Bucks and they try to win another Super Bowl. Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be just fucking terrific? Then the Packers can see them. It would burn a lot more because the Bucks used to be in the Packers division, and there were some. There were some. Brawls between the old Bucks, the Warren Saps, and the Brett Forbes. Back in the day, all you Packer fans out there know when you were playing the Bucks in the 90s. That was no joke, boy. Watch out for them Bucks. So Aaron Rodgers is back. Devontae Adams is back. This changes the whole outlook on Green Bay. The whole outlook on Green Bay. Because now Aaron Aaron Jones can be a top back. Devontae Adams can be a top receiver. Robert Tunyon can be a top tight end. And there's rumors that the Texans and the Packers have already worked out a deal to send Randall Cobb back to Green Bay because that's what Aaron Rodgers wanted. He said, bring the band back together. Let's bring Randall Cobb in. Somebody that I love to throw to that I can trust. Three wide receiver sets. Put Marquez Valley scaling on the outside. Oh, man. I know that would crush Alan Lazard's uh, fantasy stock. If you have him, if you listen to anybody that told you to get Alan Lazard, he ain't done shit. That would be an offense to reckon with. And I think Aaron Rodgers would, would try to win one for the players. Not for the coaches. If Aaron Rodgers said, look, Cobb, if you come back, Devontae, I'm going to give you everything I have so I can win one for us. Let's get the band back together. Let's see how many of these free agents we can get back. Former Packers, we can get back. Let's make a run at this thing. If Aaron Rodgers stays healthy, man, it's hard to bet against him. It is hard to bet against him. He's so good. And if Devontae Adams stays healthy, I'm not really worried about Cobb. I mean, yes, he'll probably be like a flex player. He's probably a late, late-round pick that if you've got him already, just put him in the flex if he's the number two receiver in Green Bay. But when Cobb was the man in Green Bay, it was him and Jordy Nelson for a little bit, and then Devontae emerged, and then Cobb took that back seat. I think once Devontae emerged, Cobb's best season was like five or 600 yards receiving, something like that. It wasn't really more than that. Um, so I'm not really expecting, like, a breakout season for Randall Cobb, but if he leaves Houston and goes to Green Bay, obviously, he's definitely relevant in fantasy drafts. So, he's back on the radar for anyone that's looking for a late-round quarterback. More news. Curtis Samuel was added to the Pup List today in Washington. That is not good. The track record of new receivers going, or receivers going to a new team, and then also missing some camp, that is a hard transition. The only thing he's got going for him is there's not really another receiver that can threaten him. Um, now I would say Deontay Brown, but here's the thing: Deontay Brown is a rookie, and even though Curtis Samuel's missing camp. It is the former uh, offense that he played in with Rivera. And the new OC, I believe, was the uh, Panthers' OC when Samuel was there. So he he already knows the offense, so I don't think it's really going to set it back too much. So I guess we probably shouldn't even consider that him going to a new team because he's basically going to the Panthers. They're just wearing maroon and they don't have any logos on their helmet. That's basically what... Samuel's doing so. Take back everything I say. The only news on that is that Curtis Samuel's added to the pup list. But we can always hope our boy Diami Brown gets a chance to show out because that's what's up. Steelers camp, the general manager. He said that rookie Najee Harris will be a three-down back. If he is not, they will be very disappointed. I talked about this on the running back episode. Dude is too talented to take out of the game. Alright. He's used to the workload. Don't even sweat it. I think Najee and Antonio Gibson could be breakout players top six. Man, that might be an exciting team to get. Running back in the first round. Antonio Gibson in the second round, Najee Harris in the third. What, boy? You be getting some bell cows, some receiving backs, some rushing backs, some touchdown backs. Antonio Gibson scored eleven touchdowns last year. If he gets more receptions this year and carries, and then you got Najee, who hasn't done anything in the NFL, but he's going to be the receiving back. You know he's going to be the goal line back. Big Ben ain't run no touchdowns in, man. I'm thinking about Najee and Antonio Gibson as the breakout players of the year at running back. And we can get them. We can get them. All right, folks. That's all I really got for the NFL news. I'm sure I missed some news, but, you know, we'll we'll catch up on the next episode. I know this episode was supposed to be a short one, but, you know... At night, when I'm drinking a little bit, tend to drag things on. You know what I'm saying? All right, here's something for you. Men's Journal. Men's Journal just released this four hours ago. And the article reads, Five affordable limited edition bourbons and whiskeys you can actually find. For any of you bourbon hunters out there, I love the hunt. I love trying to find something. You finally get something, you're like, all right. And you're like, okay, what's next? It's just that competitive nature that no matter what you get is never good enough. And you're always looking for that next one. Like Brady's looking for that next ring. He said, what's the best ring? The next one. You ask the bourbon hunter, what's the best bourbon you got? It's the next one. It's the next one that I can find. It's the unicorn. So, for my bourbon hunters and my non bourbon hunters, the Men's Journal put out an article that said five affordable limited edition bourbons and whiskeys you can actually find. Number one, no, let's start at five. Let's go to five. Number five, I don't know if this is actually like the best or the worst. Well, not the worst, but Booker's Bourbon. I'm going to do a whiskey taste on Booker's Bourbon. I have a bottle, $89.99. I traded with my boy Seth. So I got a bottle and a half. We'll see what happens to that bottle. Could be a a prize for the Bourbon Bowl 21. You never know. But Booker's Bourbon, number five. That's That's normally released three times a year, but it's being released four times a year this year. Alright, that goes anywhere from like 75 to 90 bucks. So it's, it's kind of on the expensive side. It's a Jim Beam product, so it's, it's more peanut forward. If you, if you like the Buffalo Trace and the Heaven Hills Caramel Dark, that's not your cup of tea. This is definitely not your cup of tea. Alright, number four Yellowstone Limited Edition. Named for the national park with which it shares the birth year of 1872. This bourbon has been made at several different distilleries over time, its flavor profile changing along with each iteration. Bottled at 101 proof, says Yellowstone Limited Edition offers a memorable tasting experience, it deserves to be more appreciated than it is, and that's going for $100. Bitch, I'd be damned if i walk into a liquor store and he's like, hey, I was like, if I say, hey man, y'all get any deliveries today? He's like, yeah, Brad. I got this Yellowstone Limited Edition. I'm like, what? Yeah, Brad, I got this Yellowstone Limited Edition. Alright, cool. How much is it? Like 30 bucks? It's a hundred dollars. I say, man, get the hell out of here. I ain't buying no Yellowstone Limited Edition. That's like when I'm in Cincinnati, they say. Cincinnati, Ohio, limited edition bourbon. You think I'm going to buy that shit? I don't care if it's a dollar. I'm not buying no Cincinnati, Ohio bourbon, and I'm not buying no damn Yellowstone limited edition for $100. Get the hell out of here. Number three. Number three, barrel, dovetail. I think I've heard of this, but I don't think I've seen this. It says, since its founding in 2012, Barrel Craft Spirits has been quietly revolutionizing the popular perception of blended whiskey. Man, come on. I don't want no blended whiskey. I want bourbon whiskey. I don't want no blended whiskey. All right. Number two, the George Dickel 15-year-old single barrel. Man, ain't that a bitch? I was in Florida, and I was at Total Wine, and they had two pick'ems. They had a Jefferson Reserve store pick, and they had a Dickel 15-year store pick. And I don't have any Jefferson Reserve, and I knew that George Dickel was a Tennessee whiskey, so I was like, I'm going to get the Jefferson. And the guy in the liquor store is like, hey, you got this George Dickel yet? I'm like, Nah. He's like, you need to get some of this George Dickel. I was like man I got time for George Dickel That's like me buying Yellowstone bourbon I got time for that Give me that Jefferson Ocean The bourbon with the president on the front You know what I'm saying Like I'm trying to be presidential drinking my bourbon I'm not trying to drink no George Dickel So I'm like nah just give me the Jefferson Ocean He's like alright I'm trying to tell you So I left and I came back Funny story Funny story I'll tell you this funny story I come back, and I was looking for something, and the same guy was there. He's like, hey, man, you get that George Dickel? I'm like, look, dude, I come in here to get some beer, some craft beer. I don't want no George Dickel. He's like, nah, man, you got to get that George Dickel. I'm like, man, what what do you even know about bourbon? Like, what do you even know about bourbon? Like, leave me alone about George Dickel. He's like, I'm a bourbon hunter. I was like, no, you're not. He's like, bet. He's like, this Friday... We're going to be getting some E.H. Taylor. I'm like, whatever. He's like, we're getting E.H. Taylor. We might even be getting some George Stag. I'm like, shut the hell up. He's like, be back here Friday at 9 o'clock. I was like, all right, bet. So I'm walking out of the store and he's like, hey. I was like, what? He's like, you got any of that George Dickel yet? I was like, man, get out of here. So I came back Friday morning, 9 o'clock, waited in line. Some people started popping out the cars because they're like, Who's this kid up at the front? We better get out of our car. So all of these people just started popping out of their cars. Like, I was like, Okay, all right, y'all. Y'all hunters, but y'all are trying to pretend that you're sheep. Like, y'all are wolves in sheep clothing, sitting in the parking lot, waiting until they open the door, and you're going to rush in. And then this all out of towner, who Florida's. Floors where I was born and raised, so I know what I'm doing down there. They're like, this is out of town or it's at the front of the line. We better get in line. So everybody started getting in line behind me. Who do you know? The damn guy that told me to come Friday comes walking in. He's like, I'm about to open the doors. I was like, all right. So he opens the doors. We all go where the liquor's going to be. What I see? E.H. Taylor. I see Buffalo Trace. I was like, man, you got to be kidding me. So I picked up an E.H. Taylor. I picked up Buffalo Trace. I was like, hey, man, you get that stag? He's like, nah, man, nah, we didn't get any stag. I was like, all right, listen. I said, I brought myself a Weller 107 down here. And I will will sell it to you. Because you hooked me up with this E.H. Taylor uh, drop. He's like, really? I was like, yeah. He's like, man, you can't get that down in Florida unless it's like ABC and that's, you gotta be in that liquor vault and it takes like $8,000 to even get a point. He's like, man, I'd appreciate that. And I know he didn't believe me. I said, all right. I said, thanks for the hookup. I said, I owe you one. I said, here's my cell phone number. Call me tomorrow. We'll meet. I'll get you this bottle of Willard 107. He's like, all right, bet. So I was leaving the store. He's like, hey, I was like, what? He's like, get some of that George Dickel. I said, man, this guy right here. Next day, dude called me. He's like, hey, you got that Weller? I said, yeah. I said, meet me at the condo. Dude rolled up with his wife or something. I was like, here, man. He looked at me. He's like, damn. Like, I thought you were full. You know, he's like, I thought you were full. You know what? Saying you had Weller 107 like it was nothing. I said, look, man. Well, a 107 is the championship prize for the Bourbon Bowl. This is something. But you hook me up, so I'm going to hook you up. That's how Brad starts rolls in the Roto Lounge. You look after me, and I look after you. He's like, oh, man, I appreciate you. He's like, all right. Get that stag when you get a chance. So the whole point of that story, number two on the list is George Dickel. 15-year-old single barrel. The shit that he told me to get like 18 times. And I told him to get out of here. Go fly a kite. I didn't want no George Dickel. And what this says is stocks of well-aged whiskey at the Cascade Hollow Distilling Company must be nearly endless. Not only does George Dickel release a highly anticipated and double-digit aged and bond Tennessee whiskey every spring. The brand... Also rolled out a single barrel program in late 2020 with every barrel aged a full 15 years. Ain't that a bitch. Available to bars and restaurants in over 20 states and growing, each of which can choose its desired bottling proof. The 15-year-old single barrels will, by definition, vary. But with the shelf price, few other extra mature bourbons can match. And the distiller's reputation for quality as assurance... It's a small risk to try one out or several. Now, I believe that there it was like 65 bucks. And I'm like, I am not paying $65 for George Dickel. Come on. It's not like it's Jack Daniels single barrel. But I look like the fool now because I had a chance to get it. And I did not. So believe me, bet your bottom dollar, if I see George Dick on the shelves next time, 15 years single barrel, your boy's gonna drop that money on it. Number one, Remus Repeal Reserve, and I believe this, uh, this is that MGP whiskey. And if you don't know anything about MGP, I'm gonna to have to do a podcast for all my, all my, uh, my, whiskey lovers. We'll talk about MGP whiskey. All right. Number one, Remus Repeal Reserve. Countless whiskey brands source juice comes from Indiana mega producer MGP. I'm trying to tell you this. But the distillery markets a number of its own labels including George Remus Bourbon. And with access to the best barrels, it is becoming more and more relevant these days that Remus is the cream of the crop and they've released several different ones. There's different mash spills, uh, high rye mash bills. Uh, different ages, typically 10 years old, 12 years old. And that is going for $90. $90. All right, fam. Look, this is about to look at that daily news. And I gave you the daily news. So I'm going to get out of here. And maybe I'll bring you some news tomorrow. Until then. All my boys and girls, appreciate the support. Follow me on YouTube. Go look for my YouTube page, man. Subscribe and like it. That'll get that algorithm so people can start to have access to the Roto Lounge. We keep doing my thing, getting us ready for the fantasy season. Check out my Patreon page, patreon.com slash I will talk to you hopefully tomorrow. Until then.